melatonin. Right as I was about to speak. <laughs> I inhale. And you say, I bought melatonin. Well, you're going to sleep great, but I'm never going to sleep again thinking about how you just bust me up. So. <laughs> I think I might put that as the beginning, as the cold open, instead of whatever. Because that was just bust. But go. No, no, I have to center myself. I don't want to be laughing, damn it. This is dead serious, even though it's weeb nonsense. Hello and welcome to the Magic Winks Clubhouse, a podcast where two best friends get together and recap every episode of the Italian Magical Girl series, Winks Club. I'm Brendan, fairy of the surging sea. And I'm Tess, fairy of the Rolling Stones. Today we're watching season one, episode 16, Cold Spell. The Italian title is An Enemy in the Shadows, and the four kids dub title is The Nightmare Monster. Ooh. The Italian version of the episode aired March 3rd, 2004, and the Four Kids dub episode aired October 2nd of 2004. So I did put out the call for listener questions this Monday. Did we get any? We got two! Perfect! I actually wrote down the listener questions. I'm so proud of you. That's not meant as patronizing as it came out. That's actually really cool. Thank you for doing that. What are our listener questions? Okay, so our first question is from Crest at Fantasy Crest. Is it like the toothpaste? Who knows? They <laughs> they ask, do you think Riven would be better as a character if they just dropped the whole love interest angle thing and just made him the foil for the boys? Yes. Honestly, yeah. Um, I, I really need to see how they're going to write him moving forward. But as of now, this thing where Musa is so head over heels for him, even though he's been nothing but nasty to her, is concerning. I know it's 2004 and I know she's like 16, I feel like if a, if a guy was that much of a jerk-off every time, and you don't need to censor that, uh, every time I tried to have any form of social contact with him, after, like, the second time, I would have stopped trying. Yeah, um, back in those olden days, <laughs> there was still that thing of, or at least a prevalent thought, in the heterosexual community of if a kid doesn't if a kid isn't nice to you that just means he likes you or whatever and we have learned very since then that that is not true sometimes a kid's just an ass so yeah I would like if Riven was just like the jerk friend to the other boys because that would at least give him some more depth, I think. Well, actually, any depth at all would be helpful, because he's just unpleasant for the moment. 
Riven is as deep as a sidewalk puddle. Basically. And what is our second question? Our second question comes from best friend of the pod and former guest. Most likely future guest. Probably future guest, because it was really fun having her on. Cassidy at Mad Lobotanist. <laughs> I could put that sound effect in. I'm not going to. It's it's more fun when we just make the noise. <laughs> Her question is, what changes would you make if you were going to reboot the show as a CW drama? Well, the first thing I would do is um, put Tecna and Flora in a blender and shake it up and pour it out into a white girl named Tara. Perfect! In all honesty, though, um, I want to say a Riverdaling of Winx Club, but that is technically what's happening with um, Fate the Winx Saga. But if we were do if we were doing Fate the Winx Saga, so the first thing we do, um, I'd make it gayer. Definitely make it gay. Make it gay. Make it gay. Um, I would <laughs> not hold so, him back anymore. Okay, here's what do you know what I think would be a good idea? Hmm. So Flora does not have a love interest in season one. Correct. What if we take the murder Lucy subplot, make that a messy breakup, and then Murda rebounds with Flora. After Flora spends the whole season trying to um, transfigure her from a pumpkin. And then we have, like, canon lesbians, and then when Flora's love interest gets introduced in season two, we can pair him off with somebody else. Uh, I think that might work well. <laughs> I have no beef with Flora's love interest. I just think... Flora has very strong sapphic energy. Yeah, she does. Anything else you'd do? I would make all three schools co-ed. Yes. I want to see male witches and male fairies and female specialists kicking around. And I want to delve a little bit more into what it means to make that choice of being a fairy, a witch, or basically a paladin. <laughs> I'd want to pull a little bit of the elements from uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Not, like, full hog. <laughs> so a statue of the Baphomet and Cloud Tower's uh, main lobby that'll get us sued by the Church of Satan for using their image. Yeah, we really shouldn't get sued by the Church of Satan. But I'd take, like more of an exploration into which the witches fight dark magic with dark magic thing instead of just having them be evil you know with what i mean be <laughs> yes i know exactly what you mean um i'd also like to spend more time with the boys because it's actually kind of funny that wings club really does do the opposite of the way uh, most action shows treat characters where like the girls get all the interest and the boys are really flat and two-dimensional but in most boy properties it's the other way around yeah but i would like to get some more time with sky brandon timmy and riven um 
I never thought I'd hear you say that. (laughs) I think introducing Aisha and Helia from the start, Helia is the fifth specialist. I think introducing Aisha and Helia from the start might be a good idea. Uh, But that also could make things a little bit too cluttered. So I don't know exactly how that would go. But I think it would at least shake up the expected dynamics of what season one of Winx Club looks like. Right. I'd also just... The sensibilities in the show smack very heavily of 2004, and they just need to be updated in a live-action adaptation. Probably because the show started in 2004. But you know what I mean, right? Just saying. But, like, we can't... If we did a modern live-action adaptation, we couldn't play a lot of these elements the same way. It's just... We're more aware of what's problematic nowadays. Like, the Bloom adoption narrative that four kids is trying to handle the best they can. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. And the, uh... The minor relationship issue arc that's coming up in the very near future. Also, like, Darcy and Riven. Do you know what I would like to do with that? Now stop me if this is too edgy. It's a CW drama. Odds are it's not edgy enough. Honestly, you're right. Uh, I would like to take a serious look at the issue of female-on-male domestic abuse through the lens of Darcy and Riven. Because yes. she is she is manipulating him in a relationship. And he seems to be sort of a willing participant in the uh, original. But in the four kids dub, he's just straight up brainwashed. And how, like, Darcy would treat him when they're, like, the other tricks aren't around and when the other specialists aren't around. Uh, Riven maybe doubting how much of his feelings for Darcy are real because she is an evil witch with emotion powers and illusion powers. Mm-hmm. Um, also... I do want to add depth to the tricks, though, because they're just cartoon villains at this point. I mean... Uh, You know what I mean, though. They're very (laughs) one-dimensional. They are also just evil. They are evil. I mean, every villain is lemons, sure. But I think the, the big thesis we could bring to all of this is just give it depth. Unfortunately, with shows directed at a younger audience, particularly in the U.S. Particularly in this era. Yeah, they tend to be a bit more downplayed. Um, Kids, Kids understand a lot more than we think they do. And we're only recently starting to give them credit for that, though. We also did a fair bit of that in like the late 90s, which is kind of funny when you think about it. Like how Teen Titans was a very mature for its demo series. Ooh, yeah. What what with the Raven being the actual daughter of Satan and uh, Starfire's sister being a dictator. And, you know, we can sit here and say that all of today's children's shows are just unfunny fart jokes. But there was a lot of that when we were kids, too. 
It's just that gross-out humor is more popular now. Yeah, slime. Ooh. That was a whole thing. <laughs> as much as we want to say the card, the like the kids' entertainment of our youth was classier. Let us not forget that Double Dare does have you pull a flag out of a giant nose that Nickelodeon slimes you. No. But you you understand what I mean. I'm not doing this just to gross you out. That's a good fringe benefit. I forgot about that. But I'm illustrating a point. And the point is, unfortunately, in 4K Technicolor in my mind! The unfortunate reality is um, that our CW Wings Club, our Fate the Wings Club saga, probably wouldn't look too drastically different from what they might end up doing. I say knowing very little. But I do know at the bare minimum, we are probably going to have some of the same ideas with updating the story. Ours is just a lot gayer. Ours is a lot gayer, and we didn't cut one character. Oh, we didn't cut two characters and fuse them into one. (laughs) They're gonna have none characters that are queer. Well, actually, that remains to be seen, and I don't want to be mean to Tara. Because we know nothing about her. She is an entirely new character. So I say, as much as we gripe, Let's not bash Tara for not being Tecna and or Flora, but appreciate Tara for what she is. I can't hear Tara and not think Teen Titans. Titans. Thank you, Cassidy. I'm very actually proud. Thank you for your questions, guys. That was a lot of me talking. But do you know? I feel like we could be good showrunners for a CW reboot. (laughs) Because we know what our demographic is looking for. Mantra, make it gay. Clear stuff. Make it gay. Make it gay. So, as you remember, uh, last episode, we ended in the four kids dub with that shot of the tricks summoning a monster to go menace the girls. Yeah. They sound like they're taking massive dumps. Well, that's where we start here. Uh, I guess they... So, um... Like, there is a bird that flies into the Trix's dorm room. Uh, also, uh, I have a note here that the Trix got better after being exploded two weeks ago. <laughs> they got better. Um, so they're doing witchy nonsense. And Of course. Our- but can we just talk real quick about that nauseating zoom? I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't get vertigo at all. It looked like someone was swinging the camera gimbal while they were moving towards this cloud tower. It was awful. Did you notice that this raven has a rat tail? It's oh, like gross. A, it's like a, a raven dragon. But it's only a dragon because it has a tail. There's no other lizard bits. <laughs> it's just like a gray bird with a rat's tail. And I don't... That's yeah, my I spirit animal. I don't know animal. what this is because they don't have familiars. Unless you count Pepe. So I guess it's just a spooky bird. (laughs) Me? Uh, But, so they conjure the vacuums, and then we get, like, a kaboom. Like, an exterior shot and a kaboom. And everybody is, like, sprawled out on the floor. And they have conjured a gremlin. Uh, in my notes, I just call it Evil Dobby. Yeah, it looks like, um... 
it looks like a necker from the witcher but you don't know what that means um it it looks like a kobold yeah it's this little ugly gray golem thing not golem like a golem golem like smeagol smeagol golem <laughs> with glowing red eyes and fangs and it's wearing a little diaper And, like, it stalks around their room a little bit before it jumps out the window. As you do. And, uh, they have summoned the, according to Icy, they have summoned this nightmare imp to tailor spin nightmares to play Gloom with. Ooh. And that's how they're going to get her power. Transition to Althea, which is where the four kids dub opens. Yeah. The girls are walking back to their dorm room. Also, Kiko's here. Yeah. Uh, they're talking about that the fact that parent-teacher conferences are coming up. Uh, and Stella is excited to actually see both of her parents in one place for the first time in a while. And Musa is bummed out, but she doesn't state why. We just know her mom's dead. And then Flora completely ignores what Musa said, or alluded to. And was like, something weird is feeling. I don't know if you did that on purpose or not, but it's not far off from the way the Cineloom dub is. <laughs> well, it wasn't intentional, but I'm just going to leave it at that. Also, she makes the most amazing facial expression. I know, it's great! Flora looks pissed. Yeah. Um, in 4Kids, uh, they had just come back from seeing a movie. Which means they had a rabbit in the movie theater. Um, and I have written down what Bloom says this movie was about. Nothing brings a family back together like having to fight an evil demon and horde of zombies, escape a few explosions, and survive a massive tidal wave. Uh, so yeah, it's Mission Impossible the day after the evil dead. Um, Musa says that movies with parents Movies about parents bum me out. They make me miss my mom. And Flora responds with, that movie was scary. Can we stop talking about it? Hold on. Stella said something here. Let me, I'm going to have to actually like pull it up on my phone. But Stella had a line here that made me go, oh. Oh, right. Ah, that's what it is. So after Bloom says the, you know, that they watched the day after tomorrow plus the evil dead and nothing brings a family together like that. Stella says, and yet, my parents are still separated. Oof. God, Stella, do you want to talk about your baggage <laughs> now or later? <laughs> um, I make a note that this movie actually sounds pretty cool. But, well, yeah, because the demon and the evil zombies, like, the demon in the army of zombies is evil dead. The tidal wave and explosions could be anything. But <laughs> it is 2004, so I think it might be the day after tomorrow. <clears throat> What year did that come out? Two thousand four! Yay! That came out in May of 2004, so that could very well be what they're referencing. Well, depending on when they would have recorded this and written it. But accidentally topical. Accidentally topical. Uh point is. Uh, after Flora gets a weird vibe, like, we see them walking down the hallways, and Tecna hears a noise. <laughs> and Bloom says she's just hearing things. 
uh, and four kids that are still talking about the movie. And they mention a chamber of the slimy ghost thing, and now I'm out of wanting to see this movie. That might be, um... The Amityville <laughs> The Horror. Exorcist Part 2. I was going to say the Amityville Horror. Or maybe... Amityville Pol- Horror. Or Poltergeist? Poltergeist 2. I don't know. And, um... When Tecna says that she hears the noise, Bloom says that it's because Kiko ate all those gummy bugs. I had to look it up. Rabbits are not harmed by gummy bugs. Gummy bears, worms, whatever. But it's not inherently good for them. Yeah, it's (laughs) because sugar. Because rabbits can get diabetes. Most mammals can. So, um, after they all decide to go to bed, we focus on Stella. Oh. <laughs> uh, Stella, when going into her room and four kids, says, Night, darlings! Okay, thanks, Stella. <laughs> Stella is sleeping in a circle of lit candles. <laughs> no, please don't. That's not a fire hazard. <laughs> I mean, they're all blown out, so no. Well, yeah, they're all blown out by spooky wind. The spooky wind was helpful. And um, Stella starts making struggle noises as the nightmare imp crawls along the walls and it gets like right up in her face. Now, they changed the nightmares a little bit in the four kids dub. And honestly, I like the way that they do. You do. I do enjoy the change to the nightmares because it makes them a little bit more coherent. The problem is that nightmares aren't meant to be coherent. That's true, but a television show needs to be. Like, I see, like, I see adding some exposition, but not talking through the entire thing. (laughs) I also think it just makes, Stella's Nightmare in particular makes a little bit more sense with how they reordered it. Hey there, good looking. Fuss you! Yeah, Stella's floating through the featureless void, and then a mirror shows up and she checks herself out. And then the mirror turns into a tidal wave that swallows her up and splits into images of her mom and dad that then vanish and leave Stella alone in the darkness. This is our first glimpse of Stella's char- uh, parents' character designs. Her dad's hot? <laughs> yeah. King Radius is kind of hot. And then uh, Queen Luna is just um, palette swap of Icy. Stella with the lighter hair color. Basically like Stella plus Icy in a moon-themed outfit. (laughs) In the four kids dub, instead it's basically the... It's like she's having a flashback to when her parents told her that they were getting a divorce. That is, and like she's, you know, being metaphorically pulled in two directions and then being left all alone. And that's when like the mirror shows up and she like tries to cheer herself up. And then the mirror starts insulting her, uh, you know, like you're in her voice, her own voice saying that she's worthless and she's never going to mean anything to anybody. Uh, she's shallow. She's a fraud. And then it, um, like swallows her into the whirlpool and that makes her wake up and give a very convincing scream from her voice actress. That was a great scream. Uh, 
Also, the Nightmare Imp feeds off of her nightmare and digivolves into a porcupine. Ah! I was thinking that too! From the Digimon movie. And uh, when Stella wakes up screaming, like, she... It does the monster move, like the alien thing, where you see, like, just the tip of its tail slither into the darkness. Which is very effective, and I will give this episode props for managing to be a decent horror movie at the start. It was creepy! It it set itself up fairly well. Okay, so Stella's scream... Wakes up the other girls. And the murder pumpkin. And they... Yeah, the murder's just on the table now. She's not in, uh... She's not in Flora's room. And her little pumpkin eyes open up. So she's like, um... She's like a jack-o'-lantern, but she has no mouth. Just eyes. She has no mouth, and she must scream. Because she knows what photosynthesis feels <laughs> like. Flora, help. I am respirating anaerobically <laughs> during the day, anaerobically at night. This is so fucked up. <laughs> well, I mean, we learn soon. I have written down, I can feel it coming in the air tonight, oh lord, and I can't remember why. <laughs> um, that might be a little bit later because Tekna does reiterate uh, Flora's weird vibes. <laughs> well, that... She she says that she also feels it coming in the air tonight. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord. So after Stella screams very convincingly, I might add in the four kids dub. I love when voice actors actually go for it. God, I can't. I keep thinking of Precure um, All-Stars Deluxe 3. Where you can actually hear Cure Melody's voice actress's voice break as she screams. You can. F- I don't care if you don't know anything about Precure. Look that movie up. It's fun. It's cute. Really good acting. So everybody runs into Stella's room and they ask why she was screaming. And Stella says that she did have a nightmare, but it felt way more real. Like something was actually in the room. Scratching at her mind. Which is a very good, creepy additional detail. Oh, that's where it is, because Tekna just now reiterates the weird vibes. Ah! Uh, Musa says it was just a nightmare, and in the four kids step, she says that Stella is only having a nightmare because of that weird movie. And uh, so she goes back to bed, and the other girls leave, but uh, they do say that Stella can always yell if she needs them. Um, I remember in Four Kids, uh, Tecna mentioned that Stella needs a calming spell and a warm glass of milk. So, um, we then go to Musa and Tecna's room. And oh no. The, the Nightmare Porcupine, uh, it's, it's back, of course. And it climbs on Musa. <laughs> it hasn't left. It climbs on, like... So the way it works is it seems like it has to be, like, on top of you, sort of like the, like, the classic, like, imp-on-the-chest nightmare idea. Right. And so Musa starts, like, just getting real sweaty. <laughs> and then... It, is that sweat, or is the nightmare demon drooling on her? 
It looks like sweat. At first, I thought she was crying because of what she's dreaming about. But it's sweat. And, um, Cineloom wallops us with Asian Rift.mp3. Uh, oh, hey, racist music. I literally, I was, I was eating lunch, doing my notes, and I literally yelled, oh, no. It is one step away from Bong. It's bad. So we're at, and we're also in a pseudo Asian cityscape. We're in like Shanghai, Tokyo, Seoul, Ho Chi Minh City. It's everything. It's Disney Tokyo. It's not Tokyo Disney because Tokyo Disney is aware of like, you know, Japanese culture and everything. This is theme park Asia. And this is like the most horrible pastiche of Asian cultures in a blender. It is not good. (laughs) Muse is jogging. And she sees her mom sitting at a bus stop. And so she runs up to try and, like, oh, my God, that's my mom. But then, like, as soon as she goes out to, like, reach for her, her mother disappears. Meanwhile, Asian.mp3 is still playing. And then she starts yelling for Riven. Oh, no, you keep those words out of your mouth. That is a nightmare. Um, (laughs) in four kids. It's eerily silent instead. Well, here's the thing. It's eerily silent. Well, there, if I remember, there was some music. But Musa's mom is talking like, Musa, Musa, I'm going to sing you a song. Oh, no, there's no music. What, mom? No music? Oh, no, I can't music now. I feel like there's a happy medium between these two scenes. We cut the racist music riff, and we make Musa's nightmare that she thought she had her mom back, but she's still dead. Because that's a very realistic dream, is that you're, you have a nice time with a relative who's passed, and then you remember that they've passed. What I would have thought would have been interesting would have been if in her dream, like she was trying to talk to her mom... But she couldn't hear. Like, her mother opened her mouth and it was just static. Static, or like she's moving her mouth and nothing. And, like, Musa can no longer remember her mother's voice or something tragic like that. <gasps> yes! Oh, that would have been so good. We cut out of the nightmare and the porcupine digivolves into a spider with a dragon head. Ah! Which is actually really cool looking. It was cool and really horrifying. It has one giant red eye. It looks like a um, monster from Code Lyoko. It looks, speaking of the Digimon movie, it actually does look like that spider Digimon. I know! Whose name escapes me. It starts with an I. Infernamon? Yeah, I think it is Inferamon. The Digimon's name is Infermon. Somehow I lost the audio calling it Infermon. So, uh, this this big Infermon descends onto Tecna 
and like gets like an inch away from her face and lets open its maw and starts shining red light on her face. I may have woken up from that. <laughs> so in Tecna's nightmare, there is a bolt of green lightning oh. and equations start to fall from the sky. Oh, God. These equations then mummify Tecna. Ah! She is trapped screaming inside of a piece of paper as it's rolled into a scroll. This is a horrifying enough nightmare, and I think we could have cut here. This, um, I have notes here. Um, oh, um, after, first of all, after Muse's, um, uh, after Muse's nightmare, she just splays out on, like, half on her bed, half off, so I have a note that's just like, and she's dead. Yeah. Um, oh, F that noise. And then continue effing that noise. Uh, so instead of like cutting after Tefna gets like mummified in a piece of paper and like trying to scream but no sound comes out, which I've had that nightmare. Uh, she wakes up, quote unquote, but she is in a wireframe version of Magics. And there is a glitchy Timmy hologram. That's like it. Its eyes are on its glasses. Uh. Also had that nightmare. <laughs> and the four kids dub did add some unnecessary computer voiceover, but I did like the thing they did with this Timmy. Don't worry, Techna. It's just a glitch. In the, it's just. Don't worry, Techna. It's just a glitch in the. It's a glitch. It. 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 It starts out with techno babble. Then it goes into wireframe and Tekna just screams, Everything's malfunctioning! Which I thought was funny. Hey, hey, hey Tess, do you know what this is? (laughs) What? This was a shift in the reality pressure. (laughs) And then again, yeah, and then Timmy comes out like, Don't worry, Tekna, everything's about, there's a glitch in that, it's it's a glitch in that. Malfunk-funk-funk-funk-funk-funk glitch 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 green green sea foam I love it sea foam foam (laughs) (laughs) Oh totally spies I miss you Get on with the show Uh, And then she wakes up and we learn it's called a nightmare gargoyle in four kids So but the also the other thing is that Tecna in Cinelum she just kind of like opens her eyes and her mouth. Four Kids actually adds a gasp here. It's a little bit more realistic than the scream or the catapult. Like, <laughs> <laughs> let me rephrase that. Um, Launch! The thing where you just like sit bolt upright. I've never done that after I dream, to be honest. You know, but I have woken up and gone... <gasps> I've woken up and been completely paralyzed. It's not fun. So the other, uh, like, Tecna instantly goes over to check on Musa, who is hanging halfway off her bed, like you mentioned. And uh, when Tecna wakes her up, Musa says she's feeling empty. Oof. Which is very evocative, actually. So the other winks shuffle on in because they heard (laughs) a scream, but Tecna just went... (gasps) and And Musa just died, so... Tecna explains that she just kind of woke up from a really deep sleep and saw that Musa was, like, halfway off the bed. (laughs) Okay, so I have a note here. What's your note? 
Tecna starts way too early on her line in Sinaloo. Oh god, you're right. So, she, the audio is not <laughs> properly paced to the scene. So I will do a dramatic reenactment now. I woke up suddenly and I noticed that something was wrong with Musa. Um, I have a note down that um, at 7 minutes and 43 seconds, Tecna is suspicious. This this art style does lend itself to some very good faces. And at 8.03, Flora is suspicious. And Kiko shivering is going to give me night terrors. So Musa explains that she was dreaming about her mom before it warped into her worst nightmare, A World Without Music. And I would say that the Orientalist woodwind tune would say there was plenty of music. <laughs> uh, Tecna has said she had a bad dream. And then Stella like recaps the whole scenario, which is great because only two things have really happened. <laughs> We're like 10 minutes into the episode and... Stella decides to say, first Tecna hears weird noises, then everyone has nightmares. And normally you would follow that up with a third thing, but a third thing hasn't happened yet. Flora tells everybody to be quiet because she's getting another vibe check. Kiko runs out of the room and starts making strong exhalation noises and constipation noises to communicate. Uh, my note is, oh god, we're gonna play charades with the thing. Kiko tries to encourage the cowardly dog as best as he can. The problem Which I is- appreciate. Okay, the four kids Kiko is actually better because I think it's Dee Bradley Baker. Or somebody who's used to just making, like, creature noises. Do you know what I mean? Yes. But in the fork, or in the Sinaloon dub, we have somebody going, ha, ha, and that's all the noises Kiko can seemingly make. I mean, aren't they the same noises that the tricks were making earlier in the episode? That's true. But Flora manages to understand Kiko's Courage the Cowardly Dogging. And she uses her magic on a Murda pumpkin. And a Murda hologram comes out of the Murda pumpkin and says, Help me, Orchid Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. <laughs> I'm very proud of that joke. I was trying to, I was like, I can't. I think in four kids, they're like, maybe Kiko wants you to try and make Murda a human again. And Flora's like, I'll give it a shot. Whereas in Sinaloom, that's not what she's trying to do at all? No, in, in Sinaloom, it's just that Murda is trying to reach out to them. I like the idea of having a little desktop Murda. The Murda hologram reveals that she is completely aware inside of that pumpkin. So yes, she does have no mouth and she must scream. But more importantly... <laughs> More importantly, she knows about- Hey, Murda, Murda, quick- Murda, quick question. What does photosynthesis feel like? You try inhaling carbon dioxide and exhaling oxygen, and you tell me. But Murda, apparently inside of her pumpkin, Murda has a copy of the script. (laughs) Because she knows about the Nightmare Goblin. She knows it's here specifically to target Bloom, but it fled before the sun came up. And on cue, the sun comes up. 
So the wings need to prepare for it to come back the next day, or the next night. Well, Murda is also not sleeping, because she is Iron Pumpkin. We cut to the middle of the day, where Bloom and the others are in the courtyard. Bloom and the others sans Flora. Oh yeah, Flora's not here. Um, Bloom and the others are speculating why the Nightmare Monster is targeting them. And Bloom has a reasonable suspicion that it's it's the witches. It's just Cloud Tower stuff. Also, a uh, quick quick note, uh, Kiko is just dead on the stairs in the background. He's just kind of sleeping there. And then he's going to get up and start, like, eating the flowers. I don't know why. We just need some visual interest. But the four kids dub does take it a step, like, further because they say that it could, like, just be some sort of like cloud tower joke like a practical joke or like even an assignment to just torment the fairies with a nightmare monster but one of them i don't remember who points out that it's a little bit too targeted for that probably bloom Bloom does yeah yeah but um i have the whole thing written down bloom brings up the fact that the tricks have been targeting them since the beginning of the school year uh and techna this is funny, because Tecna says she has calculated that Flora is the next one of them to get targeted. Because simple process of elimination, and the fact that Bloom's the main character, couldn't lead them to that conclusion. <laughs> Let's see here. Three have been attacked. Two remain. Two are left. There is a 50-50 They're both ch- in the same room. <laughs> There's a 50-50 chance it could be either one of them. And then, apropos of nothing, Bloom says this makes her think of her birth parents, and she starts crying. Yeah, I don't... The four kids dub gives it a little bit more tact because Bloom is, like, getting all teary-eyed because it's becoming more and more apparent that the tricks are specifically going after her and she has no idea why. Bloom looks to Stella for comfort and Stella says that Bloom (laughs) is going to have to talk to Musa right now because she is not in the best mood. And here's where I have another note that Stella is probably supposed to be very sad, but her Cinelume delivery is super bussy. <laughs> it's like a few episodes ago where she was doing that episode of Ed and Nettie where uh, Ed had a rock in his shoe, so he ate an entire slide at a playground. I mean, what else would you do? You You remember what I'm talking about. Yes. Yes. And I think this is more proof that Cinelume either does just straight up does not have a voice director or has a very poor one because the tone of this entire monologue is incredibly off. Uh, When Bloom says that at least Stella knows who her family is, Stella counters back. She might know who they are, but they don't seem to care that much about her. And that when she was growing up, she was treated like a complete stranger and everybody looks pretty damn horrified at the implications. And then Stella rushes to cover up the whole entire childhood of emotional neglect reveal <laughs> by saying that the only time her parents pay attention to her is when she brings home a bad grade. Four kids. Yeah. Four kids instead has Stella theorizing that maybe they're after her since she was the first one to be targeted for her scepter. And that the Nightmare Gargoyle went after her first, which, all in all, is not a bad theory. She 
begins it with, not to steal your fire, Bloom. Wow. That's, okay, that's better script writing, at least. That's an attempt at being clever. Also, let's talk about the Sinaloom-ness a little bit more, because after Stella goes through that whole thing where she has, like, a sincere emotional moment of opening up to her friends. Bloom says, poor Stella, and then Musa laughs. Ooh. Okay, orphan and dead mom, I see how it is. <laughs> Are you okay? Um, I actually don't have any more notes for four kids until the second monster fight. <laughs> I think in, um... The way they handled that one in Four Kids is Stella freaking out about the parent-teacher conferences because she's been getting such bad grades. And they all have a little bit of a laugh about that. That would track. Uh, that's when Stella realizes that Flora's not here. <laughs> and Bloom says that Flora is in their dorm room trying to break the curse on Myrta still. And that Flora has made it sort of like her personal mission and has been experimenting with potions to try and get murder back to normal. And trying to keep the subject away from her childhood, Stella asks Bloom about Brandon. And Bloom says that Brandon is just a friend who she hasn't seen or heard from in a long time, ever since the you might be a witch thing. You know, I completely forgot about that. I'm like, why was that? Be oh, oh. And after this, we go to Cloud Tower, where the Tricks are discussing their plans openly. As you do. They are deliberately targeting the others first and saving Bloom for last, so they will be too tired to save her when the time comes, because the last few times they've tried to take Bloom's powers, the other wanks keep getting in the way. And Icy says that Bloom's particular nightmare is going to be the worst out of all of them. I disagree with that. I still think Technus is pretty bad. Technus has the most actual does, nightmare imagery in it. It does that thing that I hate from Digimon Tamers. Technus flesh peels back within the wireframe beneath. Ah. After the Cloud Tower digression, uh, we're at Alfia again, and it's the middle of the night. And the Murda Pumpkin is awake, and it seems to be waiting for the monster. And... The murder pumpkin is awake and ready to do nothing because she's a pumpkin. <laughs> yeah, Murda starts flashing. Like, her pumpkin body starts flashing like it's trying to evolve. <laughs> so Kiko goes to grab Bloom. And so, like, the nightmare monster goes into... It, it looks like Flora was sitting, was in somebody else's bedroom as part of this trap. I guess because they needed Bloom available, or they were trying to keep, deliberately keep the monster away from Bloom if it's been pre-programmed to save her for last, which is actually kind of smart. And uh, so when the Nightmare Monster mm -hmm. tries to get Flora, she conjures up some, like, vines or roots or something to try and catch it, but it just, like, slips out of them and walks through the wall. And it's worth pointing out that after eating Tekina's Nightmare, it has digivolved into a dragon, which is the way all Digimon end up when they are not just a person in a costume. Or a sexy car. Or a sexy car. <laughs> so the girls chase it into the hall. And the background music has been stopped in the Sinaloon version. There is no 
underscoring. It's just their voices, so it's really weird. And then they transform. Thankfully, the music is on for that. So the nightmare monster screeches, Stella pulls out her staff, and hits it with a sunbolt before it trundles off like that was no big deal. <laughs> uh, Bloom, Stella, Musa, and Tecna chase it into the hallways while Flora goes to check on the pumpkin. And Hollow Murda tells Flora that Bloom is the one that she needs to worry about. I'm just the pumpkin. Don't worry about me. In the four kids dub, Murda deliberately grabs Flora's attention to let her know stuff about the monster. Helpful. The monster uh, is shooting green fireballs at Bloom and Stella because Tecna and Musa have been Grand Theft Auto wasted. So this these green fireballs are apparently how it's triggering these nightmare visions because Bloom tries to put up a shield, but she gets hit anyway. And she starts having visions of Mike, Vanessa, and Brandon saying, who are you really? Well, no. Uh, Mike, and Vanessa, <laughs> Mike and Vanessa say, we found you. And Brandon asks, who are you really? So I guess the nightmare that they were going to feed Bloom was going to be um, basically forcing her into dissociation about her identity. So the lizard breaks Bloom's shield and then just kind of lopes away. This lizard could give a fuss. It doesn't seem... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't do anything with any sense of urgency. It just kind of trundles along. When you're the size of a bus and you give people nightmares, I don't know how much faster you can actually go. Stella checks on Bloom. Bloom says she's fine and she wants revenge. (laughs) Revenge! Uh, And it turns out that everybody is just absolutely wiped out from last night because they didn't really get any sleep, which makes sense. And then they (laughs) teleport. The Winks teleport? Which I guess they can do now? But they just teleport. Sure, why not? They just teleport into the cart yard. And we've seen Icy Cast pass wall before, so maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe. We have a brief cut to Cloud Tower, where the tricks have the vacuums going. And Icy says it is time to give the monster a hand, and all three tricks teleport away. Noom. Back to the fight. <laughs> the dragon starts attacking, and Yuza throws up a disco ball-shaped barrier that is some lovely CGI work. Have you seen that video of a Zoom meeting, <laughs> and everybody's talking, and the one girl forgot to turn her camera off? So everybody gets to watch her take a bus before she realizes she left the camera on. No, I did see that picture of a Zoom meeting where the boss managed to turn on the potato filter and couldn't figure out how to turn it off. Is this... This is after... Yes, Um. so when they are teleported outside in four kids, they're like, well, where's the monster? I don't see it. The monster appears, they all jump out of the way, and then Stella just goes, We found it! <laughs> Thank you, Stella. Um, also in Four Kids, the um, force field that Musa says, pulls up, is called a funky force field. I had to take another listen, because I thought she said something completely different. Oh no, I caught funky force field on the first try, and that's actually kind of fun. <laughs> funky, fo- funky force field, yes. I didn't hear the end at first. Uh, Tecna throws a triangle-shaped boomerang. Do 
longitudinal triangle. Thanks. Uh, oh no, I missed. <laughs> Both of them get whacked with fireballs. Shechna gets cornered, and Musa just straight drops out of the sky and lands with a thud. Um, also, nice to know that no one can hear this. Uh, Bloom, Flora, and Stella try to attack the lizard, and that's when the witches swoop in. Uh, Icy freezes Flora and Stella solid, but they're still levitating in midair. I don't know why it didn't just fall, but okay. And uh, uh, Because then they would shatter into a million pieces. Icy has the best line in four kids. Oh, that's right. When she freezes Stella and Flora. Coming to a stadium near you. Pixies on ice. Wings Club on ice doesn't happen until season three. And then, um, and then Stormy and Darcy just go, ha 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 Because if they didn't laugh, they'd probably get killed. <laughs> uh, they... Then they do a combo spell to, like, paralyze Bloom, and the monster wraps her up in its tail, and looks like it's about to eat her? And then, a new fighter enters the arena, and it is none other than Miss Farragonda in a fur-trimmed nightgown. She has, like, a full fur-lined cloak. I love this outfit. It is amazing. And... Farragon demands to know what all of this noise is, so I guess she could hear it. Guess everyone heard them. And uh, she sees the tricks and the nightmare lizard, and she demands to know what the tricks are doing to her students. And all of the lights in the castle start going on, and students start flooding into the courtyard to see what's happening. Uh, Farragonda breaks the ice with like a wave of her hand. No, she doesn't even wave her hand. She just thinks, and the ice shatters. And Flora and Stella are, like, they fall, but they're not hurt. And she starts, uh, like, just blasting this lizard with, like, light bolts. And uh, Bloom gets her bearings back, and she and Farragonda are able to wombo-combo the lizard back to whatever hell dimension it was summoned from. <laughs> um... In Four Kids, Farragonda says that conjuring a nightmare gargoyle goes far beyond an interschool prank. And um, you're not wrong. Once the once the lizard's sent back, Farragonda flies full force the tricks with a look of fury upon her face, and the tricks are terrified at the sight of angry, sexy Dumbledore, so they just teleport out. Um, I. I really should have written. I have a note here that just says, I f***ing disagree. And I don't know what that's for. <laughs> uh, so Farragonda floats back to the ground, and she asks Bloom, you know, like, what the hell happened? And the winks were, like, an extra super real danger this time, and Stella says she does not know what would have happened if Farragonda hadn't been a deus ex machina. And uh, Farragonda says that no matter what's going on, she's checking with Griffin, and maybe Griffin will have an idea of what's happening. Cut to the tricks walking to this, like, up the pathway to Cloud Tower. Because I guess they, I guess they, um, like, just kind of emergency teleported out and didn't think of a specific destination other than not here. Someone left my witch out in the rain. 
Yeah, they're all soaked head to toe. Their eyeshadow is running. And uh, after Darcy says she can't believe that they got beaten up by the Winx Club, Stormy goes, in both dubs, well, at least it's a nice evening. Which I think is actually kind of a good joke. Yeah. Um, and in Four Kids, it's followed up with like a, like a um, shut up, Stormy. And then she replies with, I was just trying to darken the mood. We get it. <laughs> we get it. Uh, they are like three feet from the doors when a giant Wizard of Oz style hologram head of Griffin shows up. The Hollow Griffin says that she is absolutely furious with the tricks, and thanks to them, she's had to suffer the humiliation of being scolded by Griselda, of all people. Griffin says she will never forgive him for this, and they will not do it again. And when Icy tries to just go, yes, ma'am, Griffin shuts her up with a silence! And the reason they will never do it again is that they are from, is that, Henceforth, they are expelled from Cloud Tower and not allowed on school premises. Oh, snap. The four kids dub tries to do a thing here where Griffin's like, I've told you once, I've told you a thousand times, when you do stuff like this, don't get caught. I don't like that. No. No, I like this. I prefer the completely furious witch Griffin of the Cinelume dub, who's like, Yes, I'm a witch, but I'm also a responsible teacher, and I can't believe you've done this. Thank you this for is not- a school first and foremost. Stop it. <laughs> and uh, Icy shouts, curse them. Curse them all. They'll pay for this, even though we started it. And then the tricks stalk off into the storm, claiming vengeance. That's the end of the episode. And I think not a bad way to end, but again It's a very strong ending. Though I prefer the Cinnamon execution. Of the tricks just being executed. <laughs> They've been excommunicated. They've been excommunicated. is that the word you were thinking of and just said executed? <laughs> I don't know. Um the tricks are excommunicated from the Church of Darkness for participating in Catholic ritual. But thankfully, Sabrina's off the hook now, and she can live both a mortal life and a witch life. So, it's time to discuss the best moment, worst moment, and crown our MVP for the episode. Woo! Tessa, what is the best? Uh, my best moment has to be Tecna's Nightmare. <laughs> because it was horrifying, yes. But it was also very effective. Uh, my best moment of the episode is uh, Griffin having absolutely enough of the tricks of shenanigans. Not bad. What is the worst moment? Music calling for Riven in her sleep. Uh, my worst moment is the fact that Sinaloom does not seem to have a voice director. <laughs> the acting is... We're getting to a point where the acting is so inconsistent that I hope they can pull it together by the end of season one. Obviously, it kept going because they get an almost entirely new voice cast in season two. <laughs> but I'm I'm really hoping they can stick the landing on season one. 
who is your MVP? Who do you think it is? <laughs> if you say Farragonda, you're correct. She's my MVP too, because she showed exactly <laughs> why she's the headmistress. Oh yeah. I want to see her fairy form. I want it to be almost exactly like the outfit she came out in. I want her fairy form to be like unto a god. Like just this shining radiant woman with giant Luna Moth wings. Alright, so uh, if you liked what you heard today and you'd like to hear a little bit more from us, uh, you can follow me, Brendan, on Twitter at Sonata Waves. S-O-N-A-T-A-W-A-V as in victory, E-S. You can find me, Tess, on Twitter, at Pocky Slice. That is Pocky, like the delicious Japanese snack. Slice as in a slice of pie. I just realized I cannot change my Twitter handle ever again. (laughs) If you would like to keep up with the show, see when new episodes drop, uh, Winx Club news, uh, memes, fan art even, uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at MagicWinks pod if you want to email us you can email us at magicwingsclubhouse at gmail.com that is the name of this podcast at gmail.com if you listen to us on a platform that accommodates it please leave us a rating and review if you can't leave a rating or review please spread the word tell all your friends who are into wings club or were into wings club as a child we know what's going on at this time of year you have no excuse <laughs> So that's all for today. Join us next week for the very plot-heavy episode 17, Secrets Within Secrets, where we get to see that there are fairies who don't go to Alfia. Until next time. Meeting adjourned. Open your eyes, open your mind. We are the Winks. Winks, if your hand is holding mine. Our second question involves me really wanting to take my allergy medicine, but I can't. Hmm. Oh, that would interact real fun with the alcohol, wouldn't it? Yep. Oh, I'm getting. You'd wake up at like 3 p.m. tomorrow. <laughs> Where am I? Who are you? I miss Grandmom's delivery. <laughs> <laughs>